When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We could do that. Or I can make it super meta and make the intro thing about the thing that we just talked about. And so that way, when they listen, they're super confused. Welcome to The Crunch, episode 37. This is your boy, Ethan, a.k.a. Bropostle. And I'm Patrick at Catholic Pat. It's good to be back. I feel like we haven't done a podcast, just us, in, like, forever. That's, yeah, yeah, that's true, because we had, like, that one we recorded a while beforehand, and then we had two interviews in a row, and yeah. Yeah, it's just been... But they don't know that yet. They don't know that. They have no idea. Last night, for those of you that are paying attention, we did a interview with our good friend Jake at Submit to the Pope that we're going to release later this month uh, that I'm super excited about. Yeah, Uh, so stay tuned for that one. But otherwise, dude, this was a crazy busy week. Like, really? What happened with you? S- well, summer schedule is just crazy busy in general. I didn't wreck my car or anything like that. But um, Gregor, too soon. So, sorry. R.I.P. R.I.P. Your vehicle. Um, R.I.P. The Raspberry. The Raspberry. Called the Raspberry. Uh, so I've got like a busy schedule this summer. So on Monday nights, I'm leading a Bible study. On Tuesday nights, I have my life teen missionary meetings. On Wednesday nights, I go to a young adult group and I lead a freshman sophomore boys small group. On Thursday nights, usually that's those are my date nights. So if you're free on Thursday nights, ladies, I was going to ask you when you're when you're scheduling time for dating. Yeah, usually free on Thursdays for for dates and other such things. Friday nights is when I want to stream Smash with my brothers and or do a podcast. And like then right now, that's interesting. Saturdays is when I'm going to hopefully do some traveling. Gotcha. And then Sundays is when you know life night is, and so I got to be ready for like the whole evening of life night. So it's just like a super busy schedule, and I feel like. Half of summer has already gone by, even though it's been two weeks. And yeah, I have a job. I can dig that. I forget to include that, that I have an eight-to-five job every day, <laughs> which is going super well. Summer has way. been... Oh, that's good. Yeah. What do you do? Um, I don't really know if I'm allowed to say. I do electrical gotcha. engineering. Like... So I design... Um, I don't want to like give away the company I work for, although if anybody asks, I like tell them. But I work on circuits uh that go in sensor equipment in various types of aircraft gotcha Ooh. yeah so it's pretty cool pretty exciting stuff it sounds way like more advanced than it actually is usually i just stare at the screen and go oh my gosh i don't know what's going on so and then i get coffee (laughs) they have good coffee there that's that's all i have to say yeah how have you been i had i had the most terrific this is this is kind of a good transition i had the most amazing coffee this week, I went to go visit a friend in Gainesville. Shout out, Karina, <clears throat> um, and and Daniel. I'm flexing for those of you that can't tell because Patrick went to Gainesville. Oh, these guns! You can't handle these guns. <laughs> oh, I'm so strong. Please stop grunting on the podcast. Thank you. Welcome, welcome to the grunt episode 37. <laughs> <laughs> and we went to this place called Maple Street, and it's like this. 
biscuit place, and they have the most amazing maple coffee that I've ever tr- I've ever tasted in my life. What's maple coffee? It was so good. I don't know. What I think is it's that? just coffee that has maple in it. Maple syrup. But I don't. I don't think it had syrup in it. Maple I don't know. sap. I, I should ask. I should ask my friend. Do they just go out to a tree Maybe. and just hold the cup next to the sap dripping off the tree and say, "Here you go"? Because that can't be. Sanitary. That's actually. Yeah, it was really thick. I, I was wondering why it was so thick, but you're right. I think it was just maple syrup. I was just it's, drinking. Is syrup. there a spigot? So you. So here's here's what they do. Right, you go into the store, and you say, "All right, I want a venti," and they say whatever and then they hand you the smallest cup that they have because you're a jerk and you they say all right coffee's <laughs> over there you have to go outside and stick your cup under the spigot that we have attached to this maple tree and you have to suck your <laughs> you have to suck your own maple out of that tree and then you say well what if there's no maple left in the tree because there's lots of people that come here they say tough turkeys go somewhere else if you want your maple <laughs> coffee it's, really it's the worst it's the worst place in the whole city of Gainesville you're right Never been. But they I'm assuming did, that's what it's like. They did. They did this thing where they asked me uh, instead of calling out my name, they asked me like, "Who would you most want to have dinner with?" And they were gonna like call that person's name out. Emma Stone. And I panicked. No, I I, I should have said some famous celeb, like some celebrity crush, Anna Kendrick. Um, but I, instead, I just said Thomas Jefferson, <laughs> which isn't even the best founding father. <laughs> I was so mad at myself. Oh my goodness. Well, my friend who went before me said Jesus, which is like the, the easiest answer because yeah. it makes you look holy and it would also be nice to hang out with Jesus. And I couldn't just say Mary uh, because then it's uh, like, who the hell uh, is uh, James Madison. That's just... <laughs> he was my second choice. John, Aaron Burr. Oh. Useless. Ooh, that was a, that was a hipster. That was a hipster. Uh, um, I listen to Hamilton the musical. It's really progressive. Oh, sorry, never mind. He's not, uh, he's not hipster uh, anymore because of Hamilton. Lin-Manuel Miranda gives money to Planned Parenthood. So if you listen to the Hamilton soundtrack, don't. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, I feel actually very strongly about this. Oh, all right. Musicals are heresy is what I'm trying to say. Carry on. Yeah, that's... So that's what I did this week. Nice. I had coffee. I, had, I drank maple sap with Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> like a true American. <laughs> Like a true American, drinking something from Canada with someone from England. Who wasn't even that good at his job. Yeah, I don't know. A good declaration of independence wouldn't have led to a war afterwards. A A good declaration of independence would never have been stolen by Nicolas Cage, Thomas Jefferson. We're going to steal the maple sap of independence. Dude, we're off the rails already. We haven't even started. We're so, <laughs> and we still haven't shouted out that specific. That I, a very important day is today. Are you segueing right now? It's my friend Mary. I am segueing to All my right. friend Mariel's right. birthday. It's my friend Mariel's birthday. She's turning twenty-one today, so she's older than you, Ethan. Are you into older women? Always. Is she a mom? Bonus points if she's a mom. <laughs> she's not a mom. She's twenty-one years old, hey, as I said before. That, well, never mind. <laughs> still good. Still good to go. <laughs> How I wanted I wanted to sing her a song, but I, I can't sing very well. Are you asking me to sing Ethan, her a song? <laughs> Is that Ethan, can you sing her a song? Gosh darn it. Because <laughs> every time I turn on the podcast or I turn on our video chat, you're always like screaming something, so I want you to sing a song. What I want to do, here's the plan, right? Is I'm gonna sing, and then hopefully if it's good enough, I'm gonna lay down some chords underneath what I'm singing. And 
I have to do this by Sunday, so we'll see how it goes. If not, I'll just <laughs> leave it acapella. <clears throat> Are you ready? Well, tomorrow's your day off, so you're good. What's, right, her go. What's her name? Give it to me. Mariel. Hey there, Mariel. Here you're friends with Patrick. That's really sad, because he's not a dad. I hear you're 21. You would be a bit more fun. If you were a mom. (laughs) So long story short. Happy freaking birthday. I don't have much else to really freaking say. This is the end of your birthday song. I hope you got to sing along. Fun fact, I'm still single. Pick up that phone and give me a ringle. <laughs> All right, that's it. I don't think I'll be able to put any any chords under that because that was just so. I don't bad. think there was a there was no there chords in that. There was no song. chord progression. There was no melody. <laughs> there was nothing. <laughs> I'm useless. All right. So if you want Ethan to sing you a happy birthday song, go to our Patreon, patreoncom crunch and sign up for a free birthday song. With a pledge of ten dollars or more per month. Honestly, yeah, I want to make that a thing. I'll sing you. I'll sing you a nice jingle. I'll sing you a nice tune. Um, if you if you donate, literally even just one dollar to the Patreon, or if it's your birthday. <laughs> Either or. We've set you a have precedent. to provide proof. Uh, yeah. Or just ask us. Driver's license. I like to sing. So just ask. Okay. Oh, All right. Do you have anything else? Is there anything else that you want to humiliate me, hum- humiliate me on the podcast with? No, Ethan, I just wanted to affirm you in this that singing someone a song is very hospitable. Oh. I think it's a very hospitable thing to do. Oh, look at where that's going. Yeah, because Mariel is someone that you do not know, but yet you welcomed her onto this podcast with song. So Indeed. What, what drove you to such confident hospitality, Ethan? Wow, that was... Thank goodness we have you around, or else I would have. My transitions are like, are like a car driving. Anything else? Nope. Let's go. <laughs> are like a car driving off the road and slamming into a brick wall, and <laughs> yours are like a smooth, nice exit from the freeway onto a country road. Slamming into a brick wall, getting out into a new car and driving <laughs> into another <laughs> brick wall. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like I did when I told my car. Anyway, zing. Okay. <laughs> uh, hospitality. So. As you may know, I kind of mentioned it earlier, but I am a summer missionary for um, a parish for their life team program this summer. And I've done it the past two summers. This is my third summer doing it. Um, say what you will about life team. But it's it's one of the greatest experiences I have uh, ever. Honestly, I love working with these teens. It's so rewarding. It's super fulfilling. And every summer I learn something new that radically changes my spirituality it changes the way that i approach life it changes the way that i think about ministry it changes the way that i do almost everything um because each summer working with teens gives me a new fire and a new um joy uh for the lord and so um this summer is probably the best summer that we ever had and it's only been two weeks we have twice the size of team that we had last year they're all incredible and amazing and i wish i could shout them all out but um we don't have time for that but you know if you're listening, you know who you are. Uh, they all listen. They, uh, they listen. Yeah, that's not true. Um, 
<laughs> so there's about 25 of us college students working with the two youth ministers at this parish. And we had a great retreat at the beginning of the summer um, to kind of talk How big about is this parish. Uh, this parish used to be 5,000 families before it uh, split off into a smaller. So I got split off into the smaller church. And then so it's kind of like a third went to the new church and two thirds stayed at the previous church. So it's not as big as it was, but it used to be the biggest church in Kansas. Now I don't think it is anymore, but yeah, kind of big. So we started off this retreat with um, kind of an intro to what we we're doing and everything. And then we really got into this idea of radical hospitality. And that's a phrase that we threw around a lot on this retreat in preparation for uh, the summer with these teens. And the the phrase radical hospitality hit me super hard. And I asked my youth minister, Kyle, I said, hey, where does that come from? Like, what is that from? And he said, well, it's from the rule of St. Benedict. And I said, what? And he said, yes, there's this book. <laughs> and I didn't want to read the whole book. So I just read um, the actual rule of St. Benedict. <laughs> um I found it. My friend wanted to be a Benedictine monk for like a week, and he has like 12 copies of the rule. So I <laughs> I grabbed a copy, and I looked through it, and there are lots of cool things that jump out at me that I wanted to share real quick, drop some knowledge, drop some quotes from St. Benny on us, uh, and then we can discuss how they fit in with ministry in our lives and all those things. Does that sound good? Yeah? You Are you Okay. <laughs> I was I was on mute. Sorry. Oh, yes, okay. that sounds great. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so this with a charger, I didn't want it to ruin the flow. You're already ruining the flow. So this is from chapter 53 of the Rule of Saint Benedict. For those of you following along at home, uh, entitled "The Reception of Guests." So this is how he starts out: All guests who present themselves are to be welcomed as Christ, for He Himself will say, "I was a stranger, and you welcomed me." Proper honor must be shown to all, especially to those who share our faith, and to pilgrims. Um, and then he goes on to say, where is it? Here it is. All humility should be shown in addressing a guest on arrival or departure by a bow of the head or by a complete prostration of the body. Christ is to be adored because he is indeed welcomed in them. Um, and then see here, this is a great quote. So they, the abbot shall pour water on the hands of the guests and the abbot with the entire community shall wash their feet. After the washing, they will recite this verse. God, we have received your mercy in the midst of your temple. Um, yeah, I think that's those are the ones I want to read for now. But so this is from so this is what these Benedictine monks are supposed to do when a guest shows up at their place, shows up at their crib, right? Um, this hits me so hard right here uh, when he says Christ is to be adored because he is indeed welcomed in them. Like when we when they greet a guest, they are greeting Christ. They see Christ in this person and they lay prostrate because they are worshiping the Christ that is inside of their guest. And then they treat them with the same humility, with the same respect, um, which is which is why we use the phrase radical when we talk about this. This is a radical way to treat people, especially in our modern world. You know, another one that really hits me is um, they say the psalm. It's from Psalm 47, uh, 10, maybe. That's what it says in here. But they say, God, we have received your mercy in the midst of your temple. These monks literally see the arrival of a person into their midst as God's mercy. They are witnessing God working in their lives by accepting this person into their homes, into their temple, into their lives. That's like crazy. That blows my mind. When I see someone new, I go, oh, I bet they smell. 
You know what I mean? Like this is this is radical stuff. You know how? Yeah. Oh goodness, I can't even. What do you think? What do you think about this? Because this blows my mind. Yeah, like I, I mean, I read this right before we started, and preparedness. That was something. Preparedness, <laughs> preparedness. I mean, I didn't know it was coming from the rule. I would have looked it up earlier, but might be. I mean, just reading it through really quick. When you asked me first for my thoughts, I my the first thing that I said was it can be taken at a literal and a spiritual sense. You know, like the the guests that we greet. I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about this recently because there are a lot of um, kind of not not necessarily outcasts. Because those are people that are part of the community and then pushed out, but it's almost as, it's almost as if there are also people who try to enter a community and are barred from entering, as if we have some kind of filter, you know, on those who we allow to be a part of our group. Oh yeah, I, definitely. There's like a tri- yeah, so like that tribal mindset that's like ingrained in our heads. Yeah, and it's like people people come in and not not necessarily because they're new, because they might not be. These might be people that you see every day. But you don't let them be. You don't let them be a part of this group, or even walk through this group, because they're spiritual guests to an extent. So people that aren't that don't share our faith, and Benedict says there is a special place for those who do share our faith. So there's that. But people who don't share our faith and are somewhat guests in our spiritual home, we don't we don't greet them with the respect that they deserve as you know as people that are made in the image of Christ. Um, People who don't live the correct lifestyle, uh, we kind of push them away, and we don't we don't give them the opportunity to share in our community, and that bars them from Christ. I think ben, the reason why Benedict would emphasize this at all, because it seems rather strange that he would emphasize it at all, is because that's what Christ would do if someone was visiting his home. He would acknowledge their beauty and acknowledge their worth, and bring them in. Um, in a physical and a, in a literal and a spiritual sense. Yeah. And I mean, my, my point of view is always from a ministry perspective, kind of, cause it's yeah. not like I do ministry, but I kind of do ministry and I don't get paid to do ministry. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah. So at both my parish over the summer and at my college center, uh, back in Manhattan, I think this definitely applies in both cases. It makes me think, how am I receiving people? How am I treating them? Because it's so easy for us to be hospitable with the cute girl that shows up. Trust me. I, I got that nailed down. I am so good at that. <laughs> you don't even have to worry about making sure that the cute girl feels comfortable because I've got it handled. You are – you are I don't know. If you try to welcome her, she might not feel that comfortable. Exactly. But. <laughs> <laughs> but, wow, she is obviously a temple of the Holy Spirit. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is how often – at least for me, in a high school ministry setting or in a college ministry setting or any type of setting where there's a large group of people and you don't know everybody, how often do we let the the not the outcasts, but the the people that aren't in our clique, the people that aren't in our group, the people that we don't get along with, the people that we look at and we say, "Oh, like what are they doing here?" You know, how come yeah. how come they just for whatever reason don't deserve our hospitality? You know. Yeah, maybe the, maybe the kid's sitting over there and he just wants to talk about anime the whole time. That's fine. We sh- there's still he still has Christ in him, or maybe he doesn't, and we should baptize him. But he's still made in the image and likeness of God. He's still a human being. Still deserves to be treated with respect. And so often we gloss over those people. We gloss over the people in the corner of the room. Why? Because we don't have radical hospitality. 
That's the that's the whole problem with the whole thing. And this is not just like the weird kids in your room, in your group, in your whatever. This is everybody we see day to day. Like this whole idea has radically changed how I interact with people at work. You know, I we had this retreat the weekend before I started my job, and because of this, I went to the first day, and we had lunch in a big room, and it was all of the interns all eating a big lunch. And I ate my lunch super quick and I went around and I made sure that I knew everybody at my table and I went to the next table and I made sure that I introduced myself to everybody at that table and tried to talk to them and get to know them. And then I went to the next table and I introduced myself and I tried to talk to them and get to know them. Not because I was the host, not because uh, it's my job to greet them, not because I wanted to ingratiate myself with the company, not because I wanted to make sure everybody knew who I was. It's because I this yeah, literally yeah, soothed, like moved me so much that I wanted to go and make sure that everybody felt like they were home in this place that was, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a business. It's, I mean, why, why would anybody feel at home? That's not what we're supposed to do. Capitalism's bad. Arg, you know? Uh, and it, <laughs> it's had a radical effect on my life at the company, you know, because people notice that kind of thing and I'm not doing it to get noticed, but there's a difference in the way that you treat people when you're trying to make them feel at home, when you're trying to be hospitable. And, if we're not hosting people, we still have this responsibility to greet them in this way. Mm-hmm. You know? Like out, outside of our jobs, outside of our – everywhere we go. You know, normally if I was at the coffee station and I was getting coffee, I wouldn't say a word to anybody around me. I'd just get my coffee go back to my desk. And now I'm saying, oh, hey, what's up? I This was literally like day three. I went to go get some coffee from the coffee machine and I said, hey, how's it going to the lady that was next to me? Found out that she had worked with my dad for like two years and she, you know, knew who I was. And so I got to have this nice connection with this, with this lady that I just met, you know, that I would have never known had I not tried to welcome her home in that moment. And I get that this is harder for people that aren't extroverted. Like this doesn't make sense <laughs> if you're an introvert. Yeah. But I think that even in the small ways, even in the ways that, you know, maybe you don't get up and you introduce yourself to 150 people during a lunch hour. But maybe your game is to make the eight people at a, that are at your table feel, you know, as home as possible. Mm-hmm. Or the people that you sit next to in class. Or the people that you see in the store. Like, this this should change. This idea should change everything that we do and the way that we interact with every single person that we meet. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Ethan, you're you're pretty extra, which is good. Thank you. Like, you might be able to hit, you're right, you might be able to hit 150 people in an hour. You know, like hit them up and like, you know, make, like literally get everyone. But you're right, there are certainly people that, are are introverted and that's okay and i i was in i was in a situation i was staying at my my friend peter's house while I, my car was in the totaled position <laughs> and um first of all i was uh i was in need and i was i was in like literal physical and emotional need like i didn't have a place to stay or food to eat and i was kind of sad and so those were two needs that a family provided for me and they were a relatively extroverted family. Um, well, my, my friend Peter is very extroverted, but um, his sister is very introverted. But in 
in that time period, she was very hospitable to me on in a on a one on one basis. Even though she was introverted, not necessarily feeding off of my energy as a person, you know, she still had this home that was established because she's there all the time, you know, and she's like, home is. Yeah. Right. Right. And she was able to welcome me into that by being a little bit sacrificial, you know, and I think that's a thing that not not that I'm an introvert, but something that I, I think that introverts need to do sometimes is sacrifice that aloneness and welcome someone into the home mm-hmm. that they've built because it is a sacrifice, but it's a sacrifice you need to make it at some point. Um, introversion is not a disability. It's kind of what I'm no, trying to yeah, say. No, yeah, that's not what I was trying to say yeah. either. Like, it's no, just, I know what you are trying to say. Yeah, yeah, Some yeah. people do treat it as a disability even on themselves. Like, well, I'm an introvert, so I need that alone time. But, you know, you, but hospitality is always a sacrifice even right. if you're an extrovert. Right. Yeah. And even going back to like the gospels like the reason that christ had thousands of people following him around the desert in you know which is crazy when you think about it even just that fact but the reason that people would follow him around is because he made everywhere he went home and he didn't let i mean and when he went into people's homes he made those homes, extra homes. And when he was out on the Sermon of the Mount, that place was home for those people. And the apostles did the same thing in the book of Acts. You know, Thousands of people wouldn't join a church in one day if they didn't feel like that's where they belonged. And so... Foxes have dens and birds have nests. Exactly. The Son of Man has no place to rest his head because he has a bunch of places to rest his head because he's always home. I guess. Yeah. Yes. That's the point of that. Exactly. No, that's great. That's one way to interpret it. It is. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And so then this, this just changes how we evangelize now. Because if we bring, because a lot of, a lot of times people evangelization is like, oh, we got to bring people to the church. And once we get them here, then like we can show them what we're all about. That is malarkey to the highest degree. Honestly. If that you, is a that is a fourth degree malarkey. That is that is the, the yeah. Is that really only as high as malarkey goes? Is four degrees? Well, there's four. There's only four degrees of knights, right? I was making knights of Columbus. Oh, reference. clever. Not that the knights of Columbus are malarkey. That's what I'm saying. I'm joining the, the knights, knights of this week. There this month. I'm super that's, excited. That's exciting. Sidetrack. Let me get back on my point. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so if we're at college or we're at our job. Or we are in our house. Maybe your house doesn't feel like a home. It's our job as Christians to make everywhere we go that home for everybody. And I don't know what that looks like. I have like all these, all this energy and all this emotion that I want to pour into this idea. And it's really hard to put into practice in a tangible way in the day-to-day. It's really easy when you have a one-off day with 150 people. It's really hard when you see the same two people every day when you go into work. Yeah. But it's because it requires a constant – the constant conversion and the constant effort and the constant joy that we are called to have. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I don't know like – I'm trying to give practicals, but I don't know how to do that. Can you help? Yeah. Because I don't don't even know practicals. That's the problem. Let's figure it out. Let's do a little – Let's do a little thought experiment then. Let's, let's think. Let's workshop. Let's each it. think of a person. Let's workshop this. Let's each think of a person. This is happening live, folks. We're each going to think of a person in our lives. We're not going to name them necessarily, but a person in our Rick. lives that need that needs 
a home in and that we that we can provide or, or a person that's a guest in our lives frequently that we can need to welcome and show this radical hospitality to the prostration the the anointing all that stuff um the prayer the common prayer that they do they said benedict said to pray with people so i have this friend i'm going to call him um, I need to think of a friend that I don't actually have a friend that with that name. Tom. I don't know any Tom. This this friend of mine, Tom. Tom. Tom is in my hometown. And I see him from time to time, and he always wants to hang out. And so I should, first of all, do that. I should hang out with him. Um, because he is my friend and I do care a lot about him. Um and he isn't he is in a lot of ways a spiritual guest because he's not Catholic. Uh but he has shown interest in prayer. Like um, back at the, I'm I'm from around Orlando, so the Pulse shooting a year ago really hit home for a lot of us. And after after that happened, he asked me if he could go to a church and light a candle. Um, and it was interesting because he lit a candle in front of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and that was that was awesome. I was like, he was like, he was like, I have to put money in, right? And I'm like, don't worry, I'll buy. I got it. No, <laughs> like, don't worry about that. I can do it. But uh, but yeah, so. I don't know. I think maybe welcoming him in the ways that he is comfortable with, not like shoving him in. Cause like the Benedictine community didn't force their guests to practice all of their disciplines. They nope. just brought them in and gave them what they needed, which was food, water and shelter. And you know, love fellowship while Jesus. they were there. Love. Yeah, exactly. Um, recognizing, recognizing Christ in them is also helping them recognize Christ in you. You know, so I think that I don't know a practical way to do that would maybe be to just give him the simple love of hanging out with him and making it a point to hang out with him. So that's what I'll do with Tom. That's good. How about you, Ethan? Do you have a person in your life? Yeah, actually, your story made me think. Of, I was like trying to think of someone, and then your story made me think of somebody. And this, this is really sad. This story actually makes me really sad. Okay. Um, so I let's call him comic relief. Um, let's call Gerald. him Gerald. Gerald. I was gonna go with Fred, but we can do Gerald. Um, so I, I had a friend named Gerald in high school and Gerald was like my really good friend. He and I were best friends, right? There was a, there was a group of group of us. It was me, Gerald and Fred. Um, but I would have considered Gerald (laughs) my my better friend of the two, even though all three of us were always together. You know what I mean? So, um, good friends all throughout high school. And then Gerald and I went to different colleges. Um, we went on a spring break trip together uh, my freshman year. And then after that trip, I just kind of, our lives weren't heading in the same direction. And so I kind of just slowly stopped. It was really a horrible way to go about this, but stopped responding to his texts, stopped reaching out to him. Um, it was pr- pretty dismissive when he ever, whenever he tried to reach out to me. Cause I, so I just wanted to distance myself from high school and I wanted to distance myself from his friendship because yeah. I wanted to have better friends, which sounds bad, but he wasn't a good influence. You know, not that he made me do anything wrong. It's just that he he wasn't building me up in any way either. So, uh, I kind of moved away from Gerald a little bit in the following years. Um, and then I went on this retreat a couple weeks ago, and I was thinking it was one of the challenges was like think of somebody exactly what you just said is think of somebody in your life that um, deserves hospitality, deserves radical hospitality. And I was thinking of Gerald, and I go, oh crap! Like I should invite him out for coffee and talk to him and explain to him like why. I kind of ended our friendship, you know, like he deserves that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was 
thinking about doing it and I was I kept forgetting but I was like totally meaning to I was very much intentional about yes I'm going to do this with Gerald um, and then I went to a bar not 21 yet but I went to a bar to meet uh, my seminarian friend and we just sat and we watched an NBA game we caught up because I hadn't seen him in a while and it was a great time and about an hour after I'd been there I kind of turned to stretch and I see Gerald sitting literally right behind me um and I was I kind of freaked out a little bit. He was with his girlfriend. I didn't see him when I walked in. Um so I just kind of turned back around and I told my seminary friend and I go, Oh my goodness. And I just told him everything I just told you. And so and then once he gets up to leave, he comes over to me and he says, You know, hey buddy, how's it going? And I got up, I gave him a big hug, and I was like, Yeah, it's great to see you, man. Like, how are you? And everything. He goes, Yeah, I've been good. You disappeared. And I said, yeah, you know, I'm sorry about that. Like, I really, I've been meaning to literally ask you, you know, do you want to go get coffee? Like, I'll buy you some coffee sometime. He goes, no, I don't drink coffee. And I said, well, we, we can go get a soda. We can go get water. And he's like, no, I don't, I don't do that either. I said, oh, well, I'm sorry. I really just want to, you know, just talk to you a little bit. And he says, no, it's okay. Um, I miss you a lot. I'm sorry that you disappeared. And then he left the, left the bar. Oh, it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad, Patrick. Yeah, I... Because I I was literally on... I had this great idea like, oh, I'm going to be a super holy man and I'm going to talk to my friend and explain to him why I ruined our friendship. And he came in and he just slapped me right in the face and humbled me real quick. Yeah. And so there's lots of things that could have gone better in that situation. I could have reached out to him sooner. I could have not been a jerk when he tried to reach out to me i could have talked to him two years ago about why instead of Mm -hmm. just letting it falter out um i don't know it's hard now at this point but it definitely makes me think okay i have to be hospitable to everyone because it affects that affects him way more than it affected me you know because i'm 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 an unempathetic jerk hole i don't think we confuse we when we say we want to show someone Christ in us I think we get that in our heads that that means that we have to show them how perfect we are because Christ is perfect so we have to show them our perfections but Christ when Christ is in us he moves us towards perfection but he also sheds light on our weaknesses and so when someone sees christ in us they see us moving towards perfection which means asking for forgiveness so like when when someone sees a conversion in someone they say wow they've changed like they're really moving in a a good direction so admitting like like explaining why things changed is is an interesting way of putting it because it's just like well the reason why i fell off the face of the earth was because i mean i was being a jerk you know like that that, that was the reason it was because of my selfishness and sin, sinfulness and i your your story sounds familiar to me i have a friend christine um yeah all the fake names I, this week all the fake names who i really wanted to become catholic for very selfish reasons years ago and um our friendship suffered because i let emotion and, and evangelization get in the way and i was kind of pushing her away as I tried to, you know, bring her in. And um, I lost a really good friendship and I don't really know how to go about healing that or if I should even try. Um, 
yeah, that's a really good... I mean, a really good way to do it, I think, I was thinking of letters. Because I like uh, writing. I don't know if that works for dudes. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Writing Also, writing a girl a letter is really dicey. I um, Yeah. I already dance on the edge of like, being too romantic anyway, so it's probably best for me to not... True not cross that line yeah especially 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 if my problem was being too being too emotionally attached in terms of liking this person that but yeah it's uh i i just i think i'm just an external processor which is why podcasting is fun uh, and so um <laughs> and so writing things out on paper is nice but yeah uh that's a good point how how do i go about solving <sighs> prostrating yourself physically is one thing but prostrating yourself spiritually is a totally a totally different thing you know i i think that's the underlying theme of these two stories that the uh the story with my friend tom i think i said his name was tom Tom. a pretty simple fix but christine and gerald seem to be two different guests how do you fix guests that you've driven away that's a good Uh, question that we have not solved yeah, I think a lot of people have a hard time solving that. I would say the best way to avoid that situation is to greet them with radical hospitality in the first place, and then you won't drive them yes. away. And if you do, here's the thing, and if you do have radical hospitality and they still leave, it's not your fault. Yeah. You know, if you treat someone as if they are the presence of God's mercy, and if you welcome them home and you do everything that you can, it's not your fault if they leave. Nobody's fault. It's... I mean, it happens. That's life, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I, for gosh darn sure, don't want to have someone leave and then end up with me thinking I could have done more. You yeah. know? I could have done more to even – not done more in our friendship, but I could have done more to welcome them home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe yeah. reach out to solve to, – to like to heal that wound that you created. Like reach out. And try to give to like fix that with more hospitality, but if it doesn't work, then that's yeah. Then it's it's God's will for someone else to heal that wound, mm-hmm. not you. Yeah. So uh, do some penance to heal that wound, and then do keep and then and keep praying for that, for that person. Yeah, please. Keep All of this, for everything that we've said, should. should be done with prayer. By the way. Yeah. Just slide Saint, that on Saint, there. Saint Benedict. Saint Benedict didn't write a rule. Didn't write a rule of. Uh, of just, you know, helpful tips. Seven habits of highly effective Benedictines. He wrote <laughs> prayer. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't I don't know what time we're at to be honest. Um This got real. It did get real. I would just say just to kind of wrap up these thoughts. Because I've been having them for a couple of weeks and they've really they've really affected my prayer, they've really affected obviously my life in more ways than one in just the past 2 weeks. Um just be on the lookout for opportunities because I, that's the most, one of the craziest prayers that you can pray every morning and say, God, give me the opportunity to spread the gospel today. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, God, give me the opportunity to welcome someone home today. Give me the opportunity to worship the Christ in someone else today. And if you pray that honestly, you're going to get those opportunities and they're going to be so hard, so hard to follow through on. And it looks different for every person, which is why it's kind of hard to give particulars, you know. 
because every everybody yeah. every person is different. Every person is going to be welcomed differently. Hospitality is not the same for me as it is for you. For me, hospitality is I come in, I take my shirt off, and we eat a bowl of cereal. You know, for you, hospitality yeah. might be. Uh, I don't know. What do you What do you like to do when you get home? Me? Yeah. I usually well, I watch a lot of TV. Hospitality for me is usually enjoying a enjoying a show with someone. Well, there you go. Taking in some theater of the television and laughing and talking about it while it happens. Even me and Patrick are you know have this weird thing that like, I mean that may, that means hospitality to us. And I bet you have something, or yeah, everybody has something is what I'm trying to say. And so it's going to look different, which is why you need prayer yeah. so that God can help you arrive to that place and be that for that person. I think the thesis of this podcast is pray more. You're not praying enough. Pray more. Pray more. That's, pray the, more. that's, the, that's the thesis of all of our podcasts. That's the thesis of my life yeah. is pray more. You're not praying enough. Is I don't pray enough. Please pray more, Patrick. Pray, pray more, please. So, yeah. <sighs> yeah. No, that's good. I hope that made sense. Did that make sense to everyone? I'm asking everyone, they but can't I mean, respond. I mean you. I'm talking to you. Oh, it made sense to me. Sweet. <laughs> I'm gonna pull up. So, crunch of the week. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm pulling it up. Oh shoot! I didn't even need to remind you. You didn't even need to remind me this week because I know we're only we're at 92 reviews. By the way, we are so close. If we had 100 reviews by the time my birthday rolls around on June 19th, Happy I will. Birthday. I'll do – what should I do? If we get 100 reviews by my 19th birthday, I'll do something special. What should it be? A handstand. You'll drink 100 shots. That was a bad. That was bad advice. <laughs> that was not good advice at all. I don't know. Come up, Listen to this. Shots, listen to this shots. and come up with something and tweet it to me and then we'll pick the best one. How about that? Hashtag crunch 100. Hashtag crunch 100. We're making it a thing. Um, so we have um, this one. This is the most recent one. Keeping it real by Tessellation Thirty Three. This podcast gives me and my friends a lighthearted but also committed way to be a Catholic in college. I go to a Catholic college and it's really relaxed about Catholicism with lack of opportunities to build the Catholic faith and very few upperclassmen who are authentic Catholics. I struggled on the social side of sharing my spirituality and you guys have given me hope to spread the word that being Catholic is awesome. Thanks for the laughs and the inspiration. No problem, Tessellation 33. Uh, Catholicism is awesome and it's not your fault that there are no Catholic upperclassmen, so you gotta be the spiritual upperclassman. In your college, <laughs> just a little bit of advice there. Um, so, should we finish our contest, our personal contest? I was going to say business. I was going to say business first. All right, fine. Business first, then the special contest. Donate to the Patreon. On if you are listening and you have not put your address in the Patreon, I'm trying to send you things. It's not even. It's not even big things. It's not even big things. We just want to send you like <laughs> stickers and crap because you because you because you. Yeah. Had, Donate to us, you know. And if you don't have your We're address in the Patreon, how are we supposed to send you things? I'm not. I'm not annoyed. I'm a little bit annoyed. Anyway, so please, <laughs> please put your address in the Patreon. Um, second thing, donate to our Patreon page. Uh, we have a great Patreon page filled with all kinds of good things. If we get to two hundred dollars a month, right That's now, right now we're at one hundred forty-three dollars a month. If we get to two hundred dollars a month, yep. we are going to do a bonus podcast just for the people that listen. Um, which I know sounds probably like torture to some of you, um, which is why you're not donating, clearly. 
Um, but for those of you that that sounds super cool, um, we are really waiting and ready to do that um, whenever we reach yeah. that goal. So let that us know. That podcast is available to you. Even if you just donate a dollar a month, that podcast is available to you. So throw down a dollar or two or ten and listen. To, it's just going to be us with our – so like the intro, it's just going to be all of the stuff that we didn't show you because we record <laughs> a ton and we release very little. So yeah. That's for sure. Good idea. Ethan hits the record button when I jump on, and then an hour later, we actually start the show. So we've got a ton of stuff ready to just shove in your faces. So get yep. ready, Crunch Bunch slash Breakfast Club. Nice. Uh, I was going to say one other thing. Yeah, the money that we're getting for this, um, Patrick had some trouble <laughs> with his car, obviously. We were trying to get t-shirts done by the end of May. That didn't happen because yeah. Patrick wrecked his car. Um so the new goal is to have Patrick's birthday present to me is going to have be having the shirts ready by my birthday. Um, yep. So that's again part of Crunch One Hundred. Uh, hashtag Crunch One Hundred. Hashtag Crunch One Hundred. The other thing is is that um, by the way, if you didn't listen to the Selfishness in Prayer podcast, we did say at the very end. Um, if you're interested in either of us coming and speaking, I've gotten a couple requests myself. I'm doing Same. a theology on tap in St. Charles, Missouri on june 20th if you're interested in that uh we also got invited to go to walla walla washington <laughs> which is the best thing <laughs> which is awesome ever. holy cow we're so excited for that uh so there's like lots of things that people are doing so the money that you donate it's not going to pay for our plane tickets or anything like that but um it, it it will be it will be used um in some manner to defray travel costs or and or not travel costs that sounds like we're using it selfishly but like we want to do some kind of live episode at some point yes and so with the, us in the same location at a place where you guys are so you can come see us exactly and so the money that we get from this patreon is not only going towards shirts not only going towards stickers and other things that we send you but it's event going towards the eventual goal of having some type of meetup meetup yeah uh so if that if that doesn't entice you nothing will you get to see my giant nose in person thrilling it's beautiful i get to see it every week and it's my favorite part of the week uh so that's that follow us on twitter do the patreon tell your friends about the show leave us a review and now patrick and i have a little competition that we have to check up on so we both posted a meme some of you saw it yeah i listened to the crunch and we both gave our own takes did you did you pull up your tweet yeah i have it ethan yeah so we agreed that we tweeted it at the same time at the beginning of the podcast, and whoever got the most favorites? Favorites. All right. Okay, I got 28. How many did you get? I have 28. <laughs> what? I bet everybody that saw it just favorited both of them. Dang it. <laughs> Dang it. All right. Well, well, that well that contest was pointless. All right. Yep, that was terrible. Wait, Let's... how many retweets? One. One. What the hell? Come on, guys. Folks, they prefer us equally. Okay, let's end the episode. We've been talking these people's ears off about radical hospitality. Think about this. Pray about this. Um, if you want me to post... Tweet about this. If you want me to post it on Twitter, I will. Um, yeah. Is that it? Do we have anything else? I have nothing else. I think I think we covered everything. This is like the first time that we've been on top of it in a long time. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense considering that we're not in school anymore. Exactly. Um, Sweet. Cool. I'm going to close it out. All right. Thank you for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you on the Twitters. Bye.